Real sports talk for real sports fans. It's Jimmy B and TC. Here's Jim and Trent. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Jimmy B and Trent, we roll all the way until 6 o'clock tonight. Still to come on the show, uh, a new feature which will begin, BC Divide. Corey Peck is the Iowa State part of BC Divide, and he will be our guest coming up at roughly 520. Trent, this is going to be a lot of fun because we're going to get both guys on from an Iowa State perspective and an Iowa perspective. I like this. Yeah, new website the guys put together, Cody and his brother Derek. A Cyclone fan and a Hawkeye fan. I'm still baffled. How how does something like that happen in the same family? <laughs> one, one side goes Cyclones, the other goes Hawkeyes. How does that work? I have no idea. I'm an only child. I mean, I had a couple of dogs and a cat as a kid, but I didn't have a brother or a sister, so I don't know how that works. That'd be like uh, somebody out there growing up a Husky fan and, and your dog was a Cougar fan. Cougar fan? <laughs> well, that's that's you today. You're a Cougar fan, right? Well, I've been a Cougar fan my entire life. Jeez, Jimmy B. <laughs> Think how old those Cougars that you knew back in the day are today. <laughs> All right, then. What a good way to open up the 5 o'clock hour. Hello, Very everybody. Good stuff. Yes, yes, Hello. Yes. Yeah, we're here, and uh, you can tip us on the way out. Try the veal. Okay, uh, here we are. With an Iowa State team, and let's do a little Iowa State right off the top. All right. With an Iowa State team that just was awful a few nights back against Texas as far as the offense was concerned. Defense played very well. Joel Lanning had 20 tackles uh, at linebacker in that game. But they couldn't do anything offensively. Do you think that Oklahoma, and we all know what coaches do, it's copycat stuff, brings similar pass rush issues to Iowa State that after they looked at the Texas tape. Not really. I mean, all right, Texas is good defensively, as bad as they are offensively. And, and you know, that's another thing that I think people are maybe glossing over here a little bit. This is not exactly a Texas offense that's set to go. Not only the quarterback issues that they have, but they were without their two tackles. They were without another offensive lineman that, as it pertains to that one. Yes, Iowa State played better, but let's not make them out to be the steel curtain. We're not talking about the purple people eaters. Texas had issues, but defensively, Texas is very good. They're better than Oklahoma is on that side of the football. Baylor put 41 on the board against right. them. And, and you can understand it, you know, sleepwalking in, bye week in front of Oklahoma, all those different things. But that was a real football game. That that was a football game where Baylor had a realistic chance of winning that one. So as good as that victory against Ohio State is, I still wonder about Oklahoma. All right, they got revenge. They went on the road. Still, Oklahoma, are they invincible? You know, we're, we're talking about a four-touchdown spread here. It'd be one of the biggest upsets of college football history if they right. would pull this off. But we've seen Iowa State score. We've seen Iowa State score against some good defenses a year ago. I don't think it's out of the realm. It was a game plan that didn't work. It was a game where Jacob Park was absolutely brutal in. All those different things. But with 10 days to prepare, get ready for this football game. You know Oklahoma, they're looking forward to next week in the Red River shootout with Texas. Iowa State, a team that hasn't beat them in over 25 years. Everything's pointing here where if Iowa State can hit that initial blow, 
come out, make some plays in the passing game early, maybe they do hang around and they're going to have to score. I mean, they're going to have to score to win this football game. I, I don't think it's crazy, though, to think that at least in the second half, they're hanging around with a shot. I'm with you. I, I, I don't know if they would have a shot to win, Trent, but I think that they keep it at least somewhat interesting mm-hmm. in the 15 to 20 point range. And I, this is going to be a high scoring game, uh, particularly for Oklahoma. And I really think that what was said in the media by Lincoln Riley, the new head foot, and it's funny to say that instead of Stoops, Lincoln Riley, uh, the head football coach of Oklahoma, saying, hey, we're not looking, uh, overlooking Iowa State. We've, we had our bye week where that gave us extra time. We know what we have to do. We've made a few changes. We've tweaked things here and there. So look, who knows? I mean, if they pace them by 30 or 35, that'll be a overwhelming embarrassment, a total unprecedented embarrassment for Matt Campbell's staff and this Iowa State team. Look, I'm not going to pick Iowa State to win, but I expect them to be in the game for a while and not be blown out. And if that happens, Trent, I, I I don't know what what to say the 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 turning of the culture um, isn't there yet even though a lot of Iowa State fans had bought in that it was it appeared that it was until we saw that stinker ruski uh, against Texas and I, look if they they lose by fifteen or twenty I'm okay with that I mean Oklahoma is a much better team blown out by thirty to thirty five. No, then you're going to get the Jimmy B. Wrath. There's no question about that. See, Jim, I, I think that's just so short-sighted. It, it I is, don't. This is not even two years into this regime. This is still I know, very I know, but early. they sold. Trent, they sold They sold the fan base of Bill of Goods saying, who, hey, who did? We're, we're coming. Every, the, the, the fan base bought in to the changed culture, but that's what to they the do. new people that, that they came. Yes, I know. That's so what that I fan can't, base does. I, I'm well aware of that. And and I can't see them getting, I can't. Me personally, as, as much football as you and I watch, I don't see them getting blown out by 30 or 35 in this game. I, I don't. I'm saying that if it happens... It'll be very detrimental to the program, and people cannot wait to play Kansas. That'll be the hot topic. De- when, detrimental when, when does to Iowa the, State play Kansas? Detrimental to the program to get blown out by yes. the number four team in the country? Slow down. Yes, by, uh, Jim, yeah, I, think, I think you bought these expectations, too. You bought into what the hype was surrounding this program. It is still incredibly early. When you're looking to change a culture, this is a young team. This is a team that is going through a lot. And if you get blown out by Oklahoma, okay. That doesn't mean that, all right, well, Matt Campbell, go back to the Mac. We never want to see you again. That's what you're trying to sell. I didn't say that. Well, you're, you're pretty close. You're saying that it's a huge blow to the program. Slow down. You got beat by Oklahoma. You get blown out by Oklahoma. Well, that's what happens at Iowa State. You're looking to change that. We're not year number four here, Jim. We are a game and a quarter into his career, a season and a quarter into his career, and you're you're thinking a blowout is going to be detrimental to the program going forward. you got to slow down on that. 
No, I'm not going to slow down because of what Matt Campbell has brought to the table with the players that he went out and got. But they're still and I'm young. talking about the, the junior. I get that. But you have a seasoned quarterback, a quarterback who's is he's a senior in Park. No, he's a you, junior. You've got, he, he's a junior. I'm, I'm sorry, that's I'm sorry, made, a junior in, that's in Park. That's made what? But he, seven career starts? Well, look, hey, look at everybody. You, you learn on you learn on the job. You know, that's that's what you do. And I told you that when I watched the Texas game, I thought the moment was too big for him. I felt that he was a deer in the headlights when he went to the line of scrimmage to call his plays. And I I think that at at that particular time, that was an eye-opener to me. With the skill personnel that Iowa State has offensively, there is no reason why they can't, relatively speaking, stay in the game against Oklahoma and lose by two touchdowns to to 20 points. So they lose that by 20. Be, that, you, you're you're marking it out as a victory. They lose by 30. No, I'm not it's saying. It's detrimental saying, to the program. That's what you just said, abso- though. Abso- absolutely, because if that's the case, then they probably quit in the second half, and you can't have that. I'm seeing a lot of stretches here, Jimmy B. I no. I, I can't go down this road with you. I just can't. I think you're you're digging a little bit deep here on Iowa State. You realize you've seen programs be rebuilt. It's not an easy yes, process. And there are bumps on the road. Everybody yes. thinks to when it finally pays off and those things. But there are a lot of bumps that you hit across the time. And it happens. It's just year two. That's what I'm getting at with you, Jim. We're talking about Iowa State football, too. We're not talking about a program that has had any kind of success at a high level Ever, ever, in, in our, either of our lifetimes, and yours is a lot more than me, we're talking Iowa State here. Rebuilding a place like Alabama, like Nick Saban was able to do, that's one thing, even down a level from that. You know, you look at the way that uh, Justin Fuente is doing at Virginia Tech. Those are programs that at least have had recent success. Iowa State hasn't. They haven't won a conference title since the early 1900s, Jim. This is yep, Iowa you're State. Right. This is going to take a while, and a blowout loss to Oklahoma doesn't mean that they're well behind where they are. I still think they're a little bit ahead of pace if you're going to get this team and win, say, eight games for the first time. Dan McCartney did it one time, and one time only, getting to that level. Even to get to that level. Didn't Earl Bruce win 10? That was in the 70s, Jim. That was over 40 years ago. I'm just saying he won 10. That's all. I'm just saying that. Look, I, I, I read you where you're going with the program, and you're absolutely correct. The program has not had any consistency hardly at all in, in winning that many games throughout the course and, and sustaining it. Look, the, the goal for Iowa State fans is just to get to six. Please just win six so we can go someplace and party. Um, I, all I'm saying is, is, is if, if Iowa, and, and believe me, I'm, I'm not a guy who believes in moral victories. This, there, there, there's no moral victory here. But it would prove to everybody that the trend is still on the upward side if, indeed, they lost by 14 to 20 points. I think if you're they putting lose too by much 35, in a score. Yeah, I... I think you're putting if too much in the score. If they lose by 35, you're, you're back almost to square one after that Texas game. That's, that's where I'm going. After, the tech, after what happened at Texas, lose by 35 at Oklahoma, 
you're you're still writing where you were at Texas. Well, you're not playing the uh, the the minor game from Prices Right here. You know, you don't. Got no, the, I I know the, where, I don't where get door number going, one, door number two, the cliff, and, and you get to the end and you fall straight <laughs> down to nothing. Jim, it's an up and down. It's a roller coaster as you're building. I know you hope it that is. Plane continues to go, but a blowout loss yes. to Oklahoma puts you back to square one. Slow down, Jimmy B. This is the number four team on the country. It's on the road. They have Baker Mayfield, who might go down as the Heisman winner this season. They got an incredible offense. And you get beat, I don't know, 52-21. Let's just say 52-21. You get beat in the game. You're never really in it. And they're back to square one. I think that's too big of a leap. I think that it would be a carryover from what took place in the Texas game where they couldn't find any consistency offensively. That's the point that I'm trying to make. Where against UNI, against Iowa, against Akron, they had success consistently offensively, and they had no consistency at all against Texas. And as you mentioned, you don't think Oklahoma's defense is as good as the Texas defense. So, and we saw what Baylor's offense did to Oklahoma. So my point is, is that this is an opportunity, even if you lose but lose somewhat respectably, that it would still give the fan base some hope. Blow out 35 to 40 points, no shot. And uh, for reference sake, no, uh, Earl Bruce never won 10 games at Iowa State. His high water mark was 8-4. and four. And, uh, was, was it really? Yeah. He never won 10? No, no. Oh. Jimmy B., I'm telling you, the, the last time they won a conference title was 1912. Yeah. 1912. How was All right, it? I did not call that game. I, I did not call that game. I want you to know that. All right, you were in college at the time, though, right? <laughs> I was. <Right. laughs> the old Missouri All right, take Valley. me to, yes, <laughs> take me to Iowa real quick. Uh, Illinois, we had uh, Rob Howe on earlier. I called it a slump buster. Uh, it couldn't come at a better time, Trent. Jimmy B., tell me more about slump busters. That's what I want to talk about. This Iowa-Illinois game is boring <laughs> as hell. Tell me more about it slump is. busters. What, what do you mean by <laughs> slump busters, Jimmy B.? You know, Trent. You know, Trent. Things go bad for you. Uh-huh. Then that that night that you're out, yep. you're looking for you're looking for a slump buster to take care of stuff for you and... Uh, that's that's what a slump buster is. It's not always pretty. Well, I guess that pertains nope, to Illinois. That's, that's not a pretty football team by any stretch of the imagination. That's correct. All right, so slump yeah, buster yeah. is where Jimmy yes. B is going with this one. This game, I, I think we're going to find out if, if it is a slump buster, Iowa comes out, connects on a couple of big plays in the passing game, mm-hmm. You know, finally able to complete that. The run game gets going. They run for 150 yards, et cetera, et cetera. All well and good. That doesn't tell us anything. This is an awful Illinois football team. And Illinois is looking forward to next week because they get Rutgers in, in the battle for 13th place in the Big Ten. That's what they're <laughs> looking forward to. This game, honestly, bores the hell out of me. You, you hope that Iowa going into the bye week can play well. And if they don't, you know, even if they you know, scratch out a, a 20 to 10 win, something like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we got overly excited about the non conference portion of the schedule. And this team is more at that level of six and six we thought before the year, as opposed to a team that can be eight and four. Hmm. I, I I'm with you. I I don't have really any interest in Iowa and Illinois, uh, just because of how bad they are, and Iowa should be able to feast here. But you are right, Trent. If they don't look good in doing it, or at least look better than what they did at Michigan State, and they were putrid there, 
uh, how much concern then would you have, or do you think that the bye week they would be able to fix some things? You know, we've seen Ferris teams that have been able to bounce back. We've seen them be able to, you know, have some of these duds early on and then come back and play better as the season goes on. To me, it's really the offensive line. If they can't get that fixed this week, if they can't get some kind of push and get the run game going, then I think the concern is deeper. This is one where the final score might not be indicative of it. This is a game that you really have to watch. You have to dig in and figure out you know, how it's going to look and, and how Iowa looks on both sides of the football, especially offensively and especially running the game. I think that's going to tell us a hot, whole lot more, but it is the Illini. And, boy, this used to be a rivalry, Jimmy B. Uh, boy, mm-hmm. that, is, that is very much dissipated throughout the years. Iowa-Illinois, not the big deal it once was. Well, you're exactly right about that. Uh, big deal on the way. Uh, brand new uh, feature here on the show, BC Divide. Corey Peck will be our guest. Cody Peck. It's coming up Cody next. Peck, huh? Cody, Cody Peck. Cody Peck. Yes, that's what I said. Cody. Unbelievable. Cody. Cody Peck coming up right here on the Big Talker 1700. Hey, it's Tiki Barber and Brandon Tierney. We are Tiki and Tierney giving you the big scoop on all the games. Afternoons on the Big Talker 1700 KBGG. Boom. Welcome back, Jimmy B and TC here. 1700 KBGG will take you up until 6 o'clock tonight on a Wednesday before playoff baseball, Arizona in Colorado. Well, uh, Jim, time to talk a little Cyclones here. We welcome in our friend Cody Peck, BC Divide, Black and Cardinal Divide. New website that just started up this summer and uh, really looking forward to this conversation. It's presented by our conversations with BC Divide by Murphy Tower Service, murphytower.com. Right now, taking applications for their telecommunications tower technician apprenticeship. Even if you don't have experience, a place for you to earn and learn on the job. Starting pay $16 an hour with advancement bonuses at 45 days all the way through a year. Again, it is murphytower.com for all the information. Cody, good afternoon. Hey, how's it going, fellas? We're pumped up here. Cyclone football after... You know, what happened last Thursday night, uh, just about a week ago now, uh, the frustrations of that game. Seems like maybe still kind of lingering that frustration. It's a good thing you get a little bit more extra time to prepare, get ready for this next one. But coming off a loss like that, boy, you'd almost wish that this game was a little bit sooner. Yeah, I'm with you, Trent. You know, it's uh, that, that loss to Texas was huge, man. But that's kind of one of the fortunate things for this Iowa State football team as we travel down to Oklahoma on Saturday is uh, – we go into a game where we expect to, to get blown out again uh, by Oklahoma. It would make their 19th straight win over Iowa State should they beat us on Saturday. And so it's fun to be able to go to a game with low expectations uh, coming off such a, a beat down uh, uh, by Texas in a, a game that we really thought as a Cyclone Nation thought we should have had that game last Thursday night. So it be interesting to see how things transpire on Saturday. All right, Cody. Uh, the Thursday night game was just a dreadful offensive performance, a solid defensive performance. Can the offense of Iowa State, including the quarterback, Jacob Park, piece themselves back together mm-hmm. to make this game against Oklahoma competitive? I think so, Jimmy. You know, I, it really, we got to start by getting Montgomery the ball. I'm not here to, mm-hmm. uh, to, to really talk about the lack of carries that he had against Texas. I don't really want to. I want to put that game in the past, Jimmy, if possible. Um, but that it has to start with getting the running game going. That's that's the number one thing. Uh, and in a lot of these games Oklahoma's played, uh, they get out to early leads. They got up to 21-point lead over Baylor early in that game. And limiting the amount of time that Oklahoma's going to have the possession of the ball on Saturday is going to be huge. 
And the number one way to do that for Iowa State is to have the ball back in the hands of David Montgomery. Yeah, Montgomery, it's still a head-scratcher the way that game was playing out, a tight football game, just not getting those carries there. I think there's still got to be some concerns, though, up front, that offensive line. They protected Park well up until the Texas game. Uh, They were able to get to the quarterback and get to Park and make it difficult on him. But that offensive line, it is still very young at a lot of spots. Even a guy like Campos who's been around, he was away from football last season with the injury. So it's an offensive line that still seems to be a pretty big work in progress. Definitely, Trent. You know, good thing that Texas did in that game after watching some of the film. They confused Jacob Park in that offensive line. They, they were sending guys from different areas that Park wasn't expecting it. The offensive line was doing a bad job communicating with getting guys picked up. And so credit goes to uh, Texas on that. They really exposed uh, one of Iowa State's vulnerabilities uh, in position-wise for sure. Cody Peck, BC Divide, is our guest uh, on the Draft House 50 Hotline, Mills Civic Parkway in West Des Moines. All right, Cody, let's uh, kind of break down Oklahoma here. We know Baker Mayfield. We know how explosive Oklahoma's offense can be. However, looking at film and seeing what Baylor did the previous week and a half ago against the Sooners, mm-hmm. Look, there is a possibility here that if Jacob Park throws the ball reasonably well to the wide receivers that he has, and what you mentioned, if they can get the running game going with David Montgomery, things could be interesting here. I'm hopeful. You know, Jimmy, teams are putting up points on this Oklahoma team. Uh, as of, I guess, last week, Baylor did for sure. But Tulane obviously troubled uh, scoring on them. They only put up 14. But, uh, you know, this Oklahoma team, it's – it's an exciting team to watch, Jimmy B. The, uh, they have the most notable win of the season, in my opinion, uh, with a win over Ohio State at Ohio State just the second week of the year. But, no, it's Iowa State's going to be able to put up some points and put up some yards if we spread them out and do what we normally do. You know, this would be – I think the Texas loss was the first game that Iowa State did not score over 40 points in quite some time. So it'll be uh, – we just got to get back, get, get back into the groove and get back onto the right path offensively and – I think Iowa State can stay competitive in this one uh, for quite some time. Yeah, going to have to score points, no doubt, against uh, Baker Mayfield and company. Oklahoma 11 o'clock kickoff down in Norman for Iowa State this weekend. Well, Cody, you know, with that, after the loss to Texas, now 2-2 two and two through the first four, you know, throughout the summer, Jim and I had, had said for a bowl, to get to bowl eligible, it really felt like they had to get to 3-1. and one. Do you sense the fan base is maybe reconfiguring the thought process of this team and their chance to get to a bowl game, or is it, hey, we're going to have to now pull another upset out there that we didn't think we were going to have to do to get there? Where's the fan base as you get the temperature and reading the comments over at bcdivide.com? Yeah, Trent, I'm, I'm with you, too. The, uh, that's why that Texas game was so demoralizing for me personally. Uh, looking at the schedule coming in, I really had to, thought Iowa State had to have wins over either Iowa or Texas uh, in those first four weeks of the season. And uh, with both of those uh, happening, both of those turning into losses, I guess, with Iowa and Texas, it's really making it tough. you gotta, you got to go down the schedule. And at some point in time, Iowa State's going to have to pick off a team like West Virginia. Uh, they're going to have to get wins over Baylor and Kansas State uh, for it to even be a, a question. That just puts us at five wins. So it's going to be tough. You know, that's the, the thing that the fan base wanted this year, and myself included, Trent, was we really needed a bowl game uh, for it to be a uh, – a successful season, I guess. But if we could get to five wins, and then I'm still hopeful. It's just going to be awfully tough. This Big 12 schedule is pretty daunting here over the next few weeks. 
Cody, I'm I'm really curious ab- about what the what the mood is of the team. Do you get the sense that it is kind of, man, we really uh, dumped one. We got to get going here, or is it something that that optimism is back? Look, we're talking 18 to 22 year olds. The girlfriend says hello to you. You feel pretty good already. So the mood shift can change in a heartbeat when you're that age if you get my drift. Do you feel yeah, no. do you feel that yeah, do you feel that the team uh is is in a in a in a good mindset at least headed uh to Oklahoma? I think so, Jimmy. You know, it, it's tough when you're in college. It, it's tough to put a game in the past this quickly, but uh we were up there last night for player interviews uh, and then the the coordinators and we interviewed uh Heacock and those fellows last night and I really got the sense that the players are, are really putting that Texas game behind them. I know it's always okay. easier said than done, but it really is a game that they just need to flush away, and I think Coach Campbell does a great job with getting that instilled into the, the kids' heads. Cody, uh, as we wrap up our conversation here, got about three, four minutes left with you. Uh, you know, this Iowa State program as a whole, Matt Campbell in year number two, you look at what they're trying to build. There's going to be road bumps along the way. I think that Texas game is something there. But but as you look at things big picture, after the frustrations of the loss and, and the loss to Iowa and where you're sitting at 2-2, two and two, you look big picture at Matt Campbell. It seems like it's heading in the right direction. It seems like it's heading down a positive route. Where are you when you look at a big picture look at this program? Trent, I'm still, I'm, I'm still fully on board with Coach Campbell, man. I truly think that recruiting-wise, he is the best coach Iowa State has had in quite some time. And, and obviously what it takes to turning a program around, Trent, other than keeping your fan base involved, is to get those recruits pulled in. Uh, and, and he's done a phenomenal job with that so far. It's, gonna, it's a work in progress. There's no doubt about that. No one came out and said eight or nine wins this year. That wasn't obviously going to happen uh, regardless of how these games were played out. But five to six wins was kind of the staple in the mark that we uh, as Cyclone fans really thought we should, should get to this year. So if, if we settle for the four to five wins, then it, it, that's part of the building blocks to getting this program turned around for uh, Coach Campbell and his staff. Uh, it is worth noting Saturday that Kamari Cotton-Moya, Trent, will be back and out uh, playing for Iowa State. So that's a huge get for uh, Iowa State's defensive front and defensive backfield to come into that game Saturday and, and get a true proven leader in Cotton-Moya back will be huge. Uh, before we let you run, quickly to uh, basketball, and Steve Prohm uh, had a little conversation with the media as well. Pretty much told everybody, hey, look, uh, you got nothing to worry about with us. We're clean on all of this uh, rumblings, which took Rick Patino down, along with uh, the athletic director at Louisville. There'll be more names that are going to pop up with the assistant coaches that have already been fired. But with what you have gleaned from what Prohm has done, where would you put this recruiting class that he has now heading into not this year, but the following year? Yeah, Jimmy B., that's a great question, man. I, I was one of the ones that was skeptical uh, here about a month or two ago of Coach Prohm and his recruiting capabilities because he had really missed out on quite a few guys. And then most recently picking up Zion uh, Brown, we got George Condit this past week. Uh, I'm, I'm hopeful, man. It's, it's uh, starting to come together nicely. There's another kid from Chicago that – Coach Prohm seems to have his, his hands on. We'll find out here in the next couple of weeks whether or not he's going to join his buddy Condit over here at Iowa State. But uh, I, I think that it's, it, it really goes to show uh, how, how hard it is to win when you're an Iowa or Iowa State team. And then when you find out that there's programs doing the things that the Louisville's of the world have been doing, it only makes it tougher. So it makes me appreciate what we have here at Iowa State. 
uh, in the state of Iowa with our two basketball programs, fellas, uh, for two guys that do things and, and run clean programs with Fran McCaffrey and uh, Coach Prome. BCDivide.com is the website. Black and Cardinal Divide. Cody Peck with us on the Draft House 50 Hotline. Cody, before we let you run, uh, tell us a little bit more about the website as you guys are looking to build uh, the website up. you got forums over there. You have all kinds of great articles, content every single day. Tell us a little bit more about the website. Hey, you bet, Trent. BCDivide.com is the first of its kind. It's a rivalry website dedicated to Iowa and Iowa State athletics uh, from both universities. Derek and I were lucky enough to get credentialed over at Iowa State, and uh, we're, we're soon be credentialed over at the University of Iowa as well. And uh, it's, it's nice to go over there and, and get the player interviews, coaches' interviews, and stuff like that as soon as we possibly can. We get it up on bcdivide.com. We have unique content with a, a gentleman named Carl Swearendinger over in Iowa. He's the poem guy before the Iowa football games. Uh, so we really try and provide unique content, Trent. Uh, and it's something that Derek and I take pride in, and then we also have some great forums and some uh, some awesome advertising opportunities on our website as well. Well, looking forward to it. It's going to be fun uh, partnering up here. We'll hear from Cody on the Cyclones every week and Derek on the Hawkeyes. BCDivide.com and our conversations with the fellas over there is presented by Murphy Tower. We'll uh, talk more in the coming weeks. We'll talk with your brother in tomorrow's show. Cody, appreciate your time as always. All right, thanks, fellas. Have a good rest of your night. You too. So, Jimmy B, there it is. A little cyclone talk here as they get ready for Oklahoma. Boy, uh, a daunting matchup, no doubt. 28. What would you rather have in this spot? Coming off a, a okay. difficult loss, what would you mm-hmm. rather have, Jim? Would you rather have a game that goes uh, with Oklahoma where you're a huge underdog? Or you know, would you rather have it be more of a toss-up game? I'd rather play Baylor. Baylor, okay. Baylor's getting better. <laughs> Baylor's getting better, though, Jim. They are getting. They are getting Baylor. But at least, at least, I felt like I would have a shot. Look, I, I, I just hope for Iowa State's football sake that they don't get blown out by thirty-five. And we just, you know, from that standpoint, I think that would be terribly demoralizing. Lose by fifteen to twenty. Okay, all right. You were probably felt like you were in the game. But just to get totally whitewashed would just be awful, I, I believe, for this team, and not only for the team, but for the psyche of the team as well, uh, after it started out with such high hopes at being 2-1 and one, and then kind of having uh, everything kind of crash down around them. Yeah, it's... Uh... It's one of those things. You got to play Oklahoma at that at some point, right? You got to play them right, throughout yeah. the year, so uh, you got to find them at some point. That's the way the schedule broke. Texas, Oklahoma to kick off the Big Twelve slate. Can't draw anything much more difficult than that, at least in general, uh, with those two matchups. We play them early, and then a uh, chance that uh, we're going to do it a little bit later on. You know, it's uh, Jimmy B. This Iowa State team, the hope of a bowl game, it's still out there. But it's going to mean you're going to have to pull more upsets. Not only do you have to beat Kansas, all right, that gets you, right. that yeah. gets win number three for you. But then you got to find three more. It, Baylor is one that you mentioned. Let's put that in the win, win column for argument's sake. Okay. So you have okay. to win four, uh, two of these five games. At Texas Tech, looks much more difficult than a lot of people thought this summer. TCU right. at home, looks, looks much more difficult than we thought this summer. At West yeah. Virginia, not an easy place to go, a road game. Oklahoma State, very good team, can put up a bunch of points. And then the Kansas State game. That one might not be as difficult, but still, you're talking about finding 
you know, a couple more wins out of that, it's it's just such a tough path to get to that six. I agree with you, partner, 100%. Look, they, they had a great opportunity. Could have been 3-0. and Let that one slip away. And then with the debacle against Texas, they needed that one. I said after the loss that they were cooked. And I'm not going to uh, shy away from that comment because I don't believe now that they will get the six. And I think that teams will use that Texas uh, video that they have Mm -hmm. and will use that as a way to really frustrate Jacob Park and to try to take Montgomery away from the running game as well. I think Texas pretty much gave everybody the blueprint in how to defend Iowa State. Yeah, but not many teams have the defense that Texas has. Correct. You're right about that. You're right about that. The blueprint might be there. The game plan for Iowa State, we've talked about it, Jim. It's just absolutely head-scratching. you got to find a way to get Montgomery involved a little bit more. We'll talk about that more here as we continue on. But, Jimmy B., you know what? You're done for the day. I'm sick of looking at your face. Get out of here. I'm going to bring somebody a lot better looking in for our final segment, all right? There, I, there's nobody better looking. Who, oh. who are you talking about? I have Kate from Food Dudes Delivery stopping by. Oh, and, uh, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, definitely a step forward from uh, your old mug. Hey, Trent. Yeah. I'm gone. All right. Hey, you have a good one, Jimmy B. We will reconvene tomorrow at 4, my man. See you, pal. Talking football next with our friend Kate from Food Dudes Delivery. She joins us on the other side, Jimmy B and TC on 1700 KBGG. All right, welcome back, Jimmy B and TC here on 1700 KBGG. We'll take you up until 6 o'clock tonight. I kick Jimmy B out again and uh, bring in our good friend Kate from Food Dudes Delivery. Kate, how's it going? It's going well, thanks. How are you doing today? Uh, Always good and uh, certainly a lot of football talk here. It is that time of year. Baseball, the playoffs are going on. Before we get into the football with you, Kate, uh, baseball fan at all? Uh, I don't. I love going to Cubs games. Like sure. I love watching it live, yeah. but it's hard for me to follow on TV. So I yeah. do not follow it as much as I would like. Understandable. I think there are a lot of people that fall that way. It's it's a very long, drawn out sport. Now, last year the excitement of the Cubs, I think, kind of got everything oh, yeah. wrapped up. Yeah, just, I cried. You cried. <laughs> I was well, very you, happy. You, you cried. Uh. This year's a lot different, though. After winning the World Series a year ago, it's certainly a different feeling going on with the Cubs as they get ready. It'll be the Nationals uh, in the Division Series, but it's almost feeling like you know the Cubs play with house money. You got the World Series, kind of what happens, what happens this year, you know? Yeah. No, yeah. and I that's kind of how it is with most sports, I feel like, too. Yeah. But well, except the Blackhawks. That's a Chicago uh, team that they, they win and they keep fighting. Yeah. They yeah. go hard. <laughs> Well, uh, we're going to talk some football with you. We're going to talk about Food Dudes Delivery as well, Kate. Always good talking football with you. Before we kind of get into some uh, nuts and bolts here, you're friends with David Johnson. We talked about that last time. Mm -hmm. And uh, gets injured. Certainly just devastating loss. There's still hope maybe he can come back at the end of the season. But the Cardinals are bad without him. That's a bad football team. Uh, Have you had a chance to, to talk to David after the injury? No, I have not, but um, he's been posting a lot on um, Instagram, and his wife Megan has, has as well. Um, it looks like his wrist is doing a little bit better. Um, they just went brought their son, David Jr., to his first NFL game, so they went and watched um, the Cardinals play San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, Arizona is definitely struggling. Yes. I had Fitzgerald on my fantasy team. I also had Arizona defense ah. on my fantasy team, so... But you, but you yeah. didn't have David Johnson, which no, is I did a good not. Thing. I mean, yeah, you, you hate to say it. Uh, yeah, 
one of my buddies had the first pick in our draft, and of course, what does he do? He takes David Johnson, and now his team's 0-4. Oh, yeah. Same for my friend Luke. (laughs) How's your uh, fantasy team doing? Oh, not good. Not good. Not good. 0-4? Have you squeaked out a win yet this year? I should have squeaked out a win this week, and I benched Dalton, and he Mm, had a good game. Yes. But the first two games were not the best, so I benched him, and then... Um, I went to switch it before and did not do it in time because oh. I Saturday night I had worked at the bar sure? and didn't didn't even think to do it and <laughs> yeah so that that hurt. Um, I also have Jordan Howard. Um, he's pretty consistently decent. Right. Um, Hasn't I mean, had that monster game yet. Hasn't yeah. had the 150 yards, three touchdowns, anything like that. No, usually it's between like 12 to 15 points for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, fantasy's not... <laughs> not going well. No, no, it's not. You sound a little frustrated. Well, a little I, bit. I'm in that boat, too. I'm in too many leagues, and a couple of my leagues are not going well right now. One of them's all right, but hey, that's the way that it goes. Uh, mentioned uh, Jordan, How- Jordan Howard. You're a big Bears fan. Yeah. All right. So Monday night, <laughs> we get the Vikings. I grew up in North Iowa, surrounded by Vikings fans. Everybody in my family Vikings fans. So a little story for you. Back when I was five, I'm old, I'm an old dude, so back when I was five was the 85 Bears. Walter Payton, Fridge Perry, the Super Bowl Shuffle, so cool team. And everybody in my family liked the Vikings, including my grandpa, and so I was going to be a Vikings fan, right? Well, my mom tells me one day, I'm sitting at grandpa's watching the game with him, the Vikings-Bears game, and the Bears are just kicking the crap out of the Vikings. As they will on Monday. Right. Sorry. Well, to be a little crap to my grandpa... I just start cheering for the Bears, and it's stuck ever since. So that's how I became a Bears fan. I'm a Minnesota sports fan for everything except for that. And for me, the biggest rival, a lot of people say Packers, Bears. For me, it's the Vikings just because basically everybody in my family is a Vikings fan, and it's always good to uh, take it. Plus, my wife is a Vikings fan. She's hardcore, and uh, she's been able to make fun of me a lot throughout the years. So, Monday night. No, I'm kind of the same way, actually. Like, my biggest rivalry is with the Vikings as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mostly because, you know, the past couple of years, the Vikings and the Packers have been talking the radio word appropriate. But they've been going back and forth. And, you know, Green Bay actually had a reason to be arrogant, so to speak. Like, they have, um, you know, Bennett and Aaron Rodgers and... You know, they were the um, top of the division for years. and But the Vikings, you know, with Adrian Peterson, they just will run their mouth and have one good player. Um, so, yeah, I'm definitely more of a rival against the Vikings as well. Um, and I do think Monday, uh, Thursday was rough on me, but Monday we have a chance, I think. Um, they definitely haven't been playing well either. Mm-hmm. Um, and with kind of the rivalries, both teams, I think, will play harder and go harder and, you know. Division so. game. They're always tight. Yeah. Seems like they come down to the wire, well, outside of the Packers-Bears uh, last Thursday I, night. Yeah, so. that even surprised me. I thought it would still be a close game. Not like that. It was no. it was hideous. And we get to see our man Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah. Yes, he's getting yeah. the Finally. He's yeah. getting the start. So we'll get to see him. He basically has, what, 11 days to prepare after the Thursday game. Uh, all the way then, they don't play until Monday. So... We'll see the youngster. Hope for the future for the Bears. Yeah, and it's good to see um, Cutler just bringing out the Dolphins as much <laughs> as he did the Bears. Like, oh, my friends who are Dolphins uh-huh. fans were giving me so much crap about it. And it's like, ha, ha, ha. 
We knew what was going to happen yeah. with that one. <laughs> we absolutely did. Well, you're also a, a big Hawkeye fan, Kate, and uh, Hawkeyes lose again to Michigan State, frustrating homecoming this week against Illinois. They'll bounce back, right? I mean, you can't lose to the Illini. No, definitely not. And I mean, even when they did lose, like, they've played hard games. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I feel like they've played well. I wasn't able to watch the Penn State game because I was uh, bartending, but the other games I've seen, like, it's it's been close. And, oh, this year with the Iowa-Iowa State game, oh, that was <laughs> that was good. My boyfriend's an Iowa State fan, and, oh, <laughs> it was great. Yeah. It was great. <laughs> uh, fun game, no doubt about it. Well, Kate, before we uh, roll on out of here, Food Dudes Delivery. We uh, talk about Food Dudes all the time throughout the show, and uh, just a great concept that you guys have over there. Delivery for places that normally don't deliver. Yeah, yep. Um, so you just uh, sign in or go to our website, www.fooddudesdelivery.com. Type in your address, and all the restaurants that uh, we have partnered with will pop up. You just pick on the restaurant you would like to order from, place your order, and a driver will be there with the food hot and fresh. And uh, different restaurants for different areas. So, you know, if you're up in Ankeny, you're in West Des Moines, Waukee, you know, different for everybody, but you have the Metro covered. You know, you, you got a place. And if there's a place that is a little bit away from home, you can also get that delivered as well, right? Yep, yep. Um, most delivery places only go for about five miles. We actually do up to 12. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, it's great. We ju- also just signed on a new restaurant, Scotty's Pub and Grub. They're not opened yet, but yeah. they will be soon. All the football fans will have to check that one out, too. Nice. So, yeah. That's uh, right over in my neck of the woods. It's, oh, really? Yeah, I live right over there. So I saw that as they were putting up. I'm like, I wonder what that's going to be as I drive uh, to drop off my little one every day at daycare. Hmm, what's that going to be? Well, I saw the sign went up just last week and uh, a new local bar for me, which is a good thing. You know? mm-hmm. I can yeah. just walk home. Yeah, and they'll be serving food till 2 in the morning, too. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> now you're talking to me. All right. I like how that's going. It's Food Dudes Delivery. Stop on out. Check out the website, fooddudesdelivery.com. And, uh, Kate, one more other great thing that you guys have going on right now with Food Dudes Delivery. Coupon code for our listeners. So they can go to fooddudesdelivery.com and get $2 off any order, $20 or more. Yep. And um, the code is going to be JBTC. That is for Jim Brinson, Trent Conan, Jimmy B, and TC. JBTC. Just four letters you put in there. All caps locks. All caps. Mm-hmm. JBTC and two bucks off your uh, your delivery. Can't beat that. Yep. Kate, always fun talking football with you here and uh, talking about Food Dudes. Thank you so much. It's fun to be here. That was Kate Food Dudes Delivery. She steps out of the studio and we step out for the day. Finished up here on a Wednesday. Coming up tomorrow's show, Thursday. We kick it off here on 1700 KBGG with the Ken Miller Show and myself, Trent Condon, each and every day from noon until 2 o'clock. Sports talk over your lunch hour. The only live and local sports show over the lunch hour each and every day across the state of Iowa. Big show planned on a Thursday. Jimmy B and myself will be back tomorrow from 4 until 6 o'clock. Enjoy the baseball tonight. Rockies, uh, I might take a small little taste on the uh, on that one. So that's going to be one that I'll be certainly keeping an eye on tonight. Hockey gets going. Ken Miller, he's all pumped up about his Winnipeg Jets. Uh, might be passing on that side of it. But that'll do it for the show here today. Back at it tomorrow at noon. Thanks to everybody out there for listening in. Jimmy B and TC. Good night, everybody.